Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Hello, this is Aubrey Edwards, referee and podcast co-host, along with my good pal, Tony Schiavone, announcer and co-host. How you doing, Tony? Aubrey, what's up, girl? It's a wonderful time. We say so many times to be a wrestling fan. I want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by AEW Casino Games. Aubrey has a hand in that and all of our video games as well. That's right. You can download it right now, iOS and Android. Play lots of awesome casino games. I think there's 12 different on there. So get ready, get prepped before you end up going to Vegas in live in person as things open up. Get really good at poker now so you can take everybody's money. <laughs> Are you a gambler? I am not because I'm not that good and I don't like losing money. I'm paying for a new kitchen, so I kind of need to keep as much money as possible. <laughs> well, if you decided to get into the wrestling business, you are a gambler. That's true. That's true. Speaking of wrestling business, let's talk about our guest today, the wonderful and amazing all-ego Ethan Page. What's up, buddy? What's up? That was a great intro. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Wonderful and amazing. Oh, I'm just really good at segues. You'd think like 80 episodes of these, I get pretty good at it. But Oh, so that was just generic? Oh, man. I... <laughs> Don't tell me that. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, all segues are individual, but the process of segueing is a skill that you have to learn. How about that? Yeah, I totally understand that. She has, she has learned it quite well in the 80 uh, podcasts we've done. She's She's learned it quite well. And Ethan, one of the reasons that we uh, decided to bring Aubrey in as a co-host because, boy, she can talk. (laughs) (laughs) We knew that was one of her strong suits. Well, yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, I normally just yell at wrestlers and say the same thing over and over again. So this gives me a platform to say more words than just get out of the corner. So Yeah, or one, two, or three. I really only count to two, four, and nine. Three is very rare. Damn, okay. Yeah, I mean, you kick out at two. That's true. Anyway, let's get to the question. <laughs> We're just bullshitting now at this point. I'm like, can we just do this for an hour? This would be dope. Anyway, we've got uh, Ethan Page, recent signee to All Elite Wrestling, tag team in the Men of the Year, which we'll get into that. Amazing blog host. We've got a lot of stuff. Uh, you've been wrestling a long time, so let's uh, let's go through a little tale of the tape. There's way too many to list here, but I'm going to try and rattle them off. One-time AAW heavyweight champion, one-time AAW tag team champion with Mike Elgin, uh, one-time A1 alpha male champion, uh, Black Label Pro heavyweight champion, evolved tag team champion with ACH, two-time Impact World tag team champion with Josh Alexander, one-time Pro Wrestling Gorilla tag team champion, also with Josh Alexander, and then 2013 King of Toronto for Union of Independent Pro Wrestlers. Yep, that all happened. Wow. <laughs> Did we miss anything? 
Yeah, quite a bit. Mostly because I've been wrestling for 15 years and just trying my best to get to a place exactly like AEW. So sure. a lot of uh, independent wrestling for me. So you arrived as an entrance in the face of the Revolution ladder match, which was one of our big surprises. Uh, how did you uh, find out that you were going to be a part of all this? Um, probably a week or less Wow. Before the match. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I was given the date and I guess a start time, but it was kind of up in the air because of the whole visa process. Right. So before it was actually confirmed, which was literally probably about a week before, it was just a hope and a dream, which it's, it's, it's a lot in pro wrestling until you until it happens. It might not happen. So how how hard was it to keep that secret for a week, knowing that like, oh, God, you were going to be there on pay-per-view? in a ladder match of all things. Honestly, the hardest part for me was between my previous employment, which was all pre-taped. So the last thing I did in a ring was in like November. And then I had to, the pay-per-view was what, early March? Early March, yeah. Yeah, so there was like a big downtime, maybe about four months of not being active in the ring. So I had to book private sessions in a closed down wrestling school during a pandemic. And Canada is like very high restriction level. So I'm trying to manage that, have a training partner that I trust that will keep a secret or not care why he's coming to train with me. <laughs> That's probably easier to find than someone who can keep a secret. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Uh, then from there, managed to come all the way from Canada to Jacksonville and not be spotted. And I think this was one of the first real like openings of the crowd for AEW two, where they had people kind of traveling into Jacksonville to see the show uh, because I did get spotted at the airport and felt like such a dick that I just ignored this fan and just kept walking. I was like, Oh no. And thank goodness the masks are there too. Cause maybe there was a question of, was that really him? Right. But yeah, it, it, it was stressful. Yeah. There are, there have been fans, a number of fans who camp out at the uh, Jacksonville airport because they just know that we're, it's kind of our home base. So, yeah, I get it. You can be just like the young bucks and ignore them anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's not it's not in my heart to do that. I remember being that wrestling fan and being nervous to approach people or talk to people or being starstruck. So, yeah, your dynamite debut was against Lee Johnson. Yeah. And talk about that match uh, working about working with Lee and maybe why he was the perfect choice for you for your first match. So I had been watching the product, everything that was put out leading up to this. And when I found that it was Lee, I was very excited because I knew he was very capable in the ring and an up and comer. And it was, I think the perfect match and going back to watch it, I'm very happy with how everything went. Mm -hmm. And like, there was a lot of risky things that on a debut, I probably shouldn't have taken the risk. Like the body slam off the top rope. There's so many parts that could go wrong and slip in the feet and the balance and everything like that. So he was the, the perfect opponent to pull off so many things that highlighted me very well. So I want to talk about your vlog a little bit. I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of keep coming back to it a little bit because you've, you've got new episodes weekly on Wednesdays. Yep. Every single Wednesday at noon. So you said on your vlog after your debut that it, you're glad that it took you 14 years to land a job at AEW. Yeah. Why would you be glad for something like that? Oh man, how does I just do not want this to come out in a negative way. I feel like a lot of, especially recently, a lot of wrestlers are getting to these high level jobs very quick in their careers. 
And not to say that they don't understand the gravity of the position or the job. I just feel like I have a different understanding and appreciation for it, knowing how hard and how long it took for me to get here. There's not a day that goes by that I don't get worried I'm getting fired. So to me, it's like, this is the ultimate opportunity as a professional wrestler. And I couldn't be happier that it took me this long to get here because of that. I will have a forever insane understanding of how special this job is. That's important. And and I, I understand where you're coming from. I, you know, I spent many years in baseball. There are coaches who have made it to the major leagues in baseball who have not spent much time in the minor leagues. Right. But the, the coaches in the major leagues who have started in the minors and for many, many years managed teams or coached teams and get to the major leagues have a different appreciation for where they are. And I, I think they also have a different understanding of the job, too. Like, to say I wasn't nervous would be like a lot. So like I was having like many panic attacks before this because I understood the gravity of the situation and, and the position, but it's almost like through muscle memory and just 15 years of experience, I can almost just kind of shut it off and just go out and do the job without even thinking about it. So right. it, it puts me at an advantage with a lot of the, the younger and less experienced talents for sure. Definitely. Especially like you said, with your background being a lot in taped TV, like there's still a lot of different experience you can bring to something, someone in, in a match setting, even if it's someone who's, say, been with us since the beginning of Dynamite. So it's really great. And I think we all learn from each other's as opponents and as coworkers and whatnot. So for sure, I really love that you're you've brought it all that you have to the table. I really enjoy working with you, even when you're a dick. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I would say especially when you're a dick, because I love working with heels because they're just freaking assholes. It's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite part of being a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who originally spoke to you about joining AEW? Oh man. So there was interest originally kind of before the company even opened. People didn't know that I was under contract with impact. They thought it was like a per date thing. And I kind of had to give them the, Oh, sorry, I'm locked up for a little while. And that was Cody that originally reached out to me. But then as time went by, my contract was coming to an end with my previous employer. And it was actually Matt Jackson that was the one that kind of got things moving and, and locked me in. We're talking with All Ego Ethan Page, one of the stars here in AEW and AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage coming in the month of August as well. Had a lot of success in tag team wrestling in your career. What's different about the AEW tag team division? We've talked so much about great tag team wrestling we have here but talk about that for us honestly i think it's the fact that they put such a big focus on it and there's so many teams and groups and relationships that on-screen talent have with each other it makes a lot of the stories a lot deeper too and connected and match options are insane so i think definitely the focus and care and love that gets put into putting these teams together and i haven't been here long enough to comprehend tony's mind mm. but he has a way of pairing people together. To be completely honest, if someone said, hey, you and Scorpio Sky are going to be a team, I would have been like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't understand it. I, I didn't either. <laughs> and now it's my favorite thing. I can't even explain the chemistry we have. It works. And that was all Tony. Mm. And that was like presented to us. And both of us were like, yeah, we, we talked to each other, but we're not very like friends. And now best, best friends, best chemistry. It's like the perfect match. So that all credit Tony Khan for that. And like, look at the acclaimed, like they're incredible as well. 
the love and care that goes into tag team wrestling, and then Tony's genius, I guess. Tony knows. He does. He really does. <laughs> yeah, he do- he really does. You know, so now was going to, the next question was, what's it like teeping with Scorpio Sky? But I think you've kind of touched on that. But go into detail about you guys coming together as a team. You know what? There's a natural bromance on camera and mm. off camera. And it, it's just like, it just works. Even our fashion complements each other. The way we speak on camera complements each other. The way we wrestle complements each other. We're so different, but so similar. Yeah, I mean, you can tell how happy I am just talking about it. Like it just, it just works. I can't explain it. It's just one of those magical pairings, and I can't wait to see what more we do with the team. I think the first time I had seen your your new Titan Tron with Man of the Year was at the pay per view. I was waiting in the ring for you guys to come out to face Sting and Darby. And I see all these GQ cover spreads and it's just absolutely brilliant. I'm like, oh, no, this is what he wears to work. But they're just casually walking down the hall. And I imagine this conversation like, hey, can you just take a picture of me, please? That's us. Like exactly what you do. Like, hey, I, I need some content. Can you take a picture for my Instagram? So, so great. Yeah, that's literally it. And I need to add this because this needs to be like a well-known factoid. There is a photo in our Tron video that my daughter took (laughs) my three-year-old daughter has a televised published photograph in a worldwide wrestling company so she's got a good jump start in her career (laughs) does she know that that's there oh yeah she knows yeah does she tell people like hey so my my picture i took (laughs) is on tv she's got no one to tell yet but i'm gonna make sure i write a list to start her resume now we are talking all ego, Ethan Page, and before we uh, go to our next segment, I wanted to ask you about you and Scorpio Sky together now, and you face Sting. Uh, for a guy who's been around 14 years and who appreciates the business, and we know you do, how big was that for you? It was crazy for me, and I hope you don't turn on me, Tony, but I was a big TNA fan, so there was like... sure an added level of fandom for me in a different way than everybody else. But I think the biggest thing for me was how much Sting respects and appreciates AEW and how much care he had in not, it was not to him. It was not about how is Sting going to look in this situation. Mm -hmm. He wanted to make sure that he made AEW look good. And like, I'll always speak extremely highly of him after my experience with him because of how much care and love he put into making sure that it was special for just the company in general. Like he wants AEW to do good. This is not like a sting money grab, I guess it's, there is so much care and love into the way he treats the company and everything he does here. So it was amazing. He understands his role as far as helping put over the younger talent. Like what he's done for Darby is great. And you know, Darby's already, skyrocketing to the top and Sting just kind of turns it up to 11 a little bit but same with you and Scorpio like you guys are established people and Sting comes in and just adds this little bit of I don't know the word but like makes you guys that much more I hate saying the word critically acclaimed because that's somebody else's gimmick but (laughs) he does I absolutely agree like that match was absolutely wonderful and amazing and I mean Sting freaking jumped off poker chips onto you guys yeah, at 62 years old. Yeah, so anybody else who bitches about something, I'm just like, Sting 62, what are you doing? <laughs> I hope and pray that I move as well as Sting does at that age with that many miles and years uh, in professional wrestling. 
He's a unicorn of a human being. It doesn't make any sense, but you're just blown away to see it. We're talking to All Ego Ethan Page here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about tag team wrestling. We're talking with All Ego Ethan Page, and you're listening to AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey with you. Good to have you with us again as we talk to our favorite people in pro wrestling in AEW. And one of them is All Ego Ethan Page, who... uh, is part of the men of the year, he and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, you talked about, uh, we talked about you being Impact. You were, you dominated the tag team scene with Josh Alexander as the North Monster Mafia. You held the tag titles for over a year. What did that mean to you? You said you were a fan of TNA. What did it mean to you to be Impact champion for over a year? Um, We actually broke the record and have held the titles longer than any team in company history, including TNA. And being a huge wrestling fan and like a stats slash wrestling history nerd, to know that we kind of like etched our names in the history books is very cool to me. So you had mentioned, I mean, Impact does a lot of taping and whatnot, and AEW, we do live TV. Sure, we're half taped, half live now, but pretty soon that's changing once we're on the road. Uh, What's sort of the difference between how you approach taped wrestling versus live wrestling. Is there anything that you brought from impact to AEW? So for me, I just act like it is live because I never want to wait. I know how it's going to make me sound like I'm kissing ass, but I know how hard the crew has to work when it comes to like editing, filming, literally everything that goes on behind the scenes. I went to school for television broadcasting. So like I have that background. I've been a promoter for, over 10 years. So I understand the ins and outs on a small scale of what it takes to run a pro wrestling company. So for me, if it's taped, it's live. I just treat it like it's live. I never wanted to say pause. I never want to say cut. I just run the show like it's live. And you know what? If I have a slip up, I have a slip up. It's my own fault. I should be a better wrestler, I guess. I just, I just treat it like it's live. So nothing changed. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because it's something that that I've discussed with Cody and a lot of the guys behind the scenes that that's the way you learn. I mean, we have, we started taping wrestling shows for a year and a half, mostly. And we did some live shows, but a lot of tape shows, especially the dark matches and the elevation matches. And we got into this, this, I thought we kind of got into a rut about let's do that again. We didn't do it right. Let's do it again. But I don't think you learn as a wrestler that way. I think you learn by working through your mistakes yeah. I mean, that's old school. I get it, but it works, right? I think, too, it also adds consequences to actions, and it keeps the talent on edge a little bit. Right. I think knowing in the back of your mind, oh, if we screw up, it's taped. You're kind of already going into it with the thought that no matter what happens, someone else is going to cover up your mistake. So, yeah, I, I agree in that sense. But also, I see AEW side where they don't want to put a product out with any kind of thing that can get clipped and put online or put them in a bad light so i see both ways but right. when it comes to the talent i, I agree with you 100 percent. i want to talk a little bit about karate man oh no <laughs> do you want it do you want to talk about it sure we can yeah okay <laughs> so i know karate man had sort of been an alter ego uh that came out from time to time and then your last match at impact was you versus karate man yeah which okay look let's go to the most important part Okay. We all know in 10 years, 
There's no, there's not going to be arenas. It's all going to be green screen. So just know I was the original wrestler <laughs> that used green screen. Okay. And I think I'm the only wrestler in history that has wrestled himself on pay-per-view. So I know you had said you have a background in film broadcasting. So I'm curious, like, how the hell do you film a cinematic match against yourself? So I released my own, which I think is better than the one that was aired on the pay-per-view. But I just put up a sheet in my basement and filmed myself with an iPhone and then edited it all together. There's a lot of love and care that went into it and time spent and like trying to find the proper shots and angles that I could do with essentially tablecloth size green sheet. This was not like a high budget thing whatsoever. It was more creativity that went into it, but I only made the character because I was making such little money and the pandemic hit and I was trying to supplement my income with a whole other wrestler. So I was like, well, if I don't have shows, who am I going to feud with? I guess I could feud with myself on my YouTube page and then build up to this match and then sell merch for both characters. And then people can kind of like pick who they like and who they don't like. And it became this whole social experiment essentially. And it worked financially. And there was points where I was getting booked as both characters on independent shows. So Mm. there was money to be made with meet and greets and different outfits and different merchandise. So it worked in that sense. Do I think it ever should have made it to national television? Hell no. It was supposed to be a YouTube thing. Uh, But, you know, we don't write the shows. We're just employees. Right. I think having two characters on the same show and selling merch for two characters is the carniest thing I've heard in a very long time. Well, I was born and bred in pro wrestling. So (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you something uh, that uh, it's kind of out of the norm here because you were talking about editing together. What do you use to edit? Do you use uh, Premiere Pro, iMovie? I use uh, Final Cut 10. Final Cut 10. I've been a Final Cut guy since college. So you're you're pretty proficient at, at editing video. I will say, and this might get me a little bit of flack. Go ahead. I have the best edited vlog in all of professional wrestling. I'd agree with that. Yeah. As someone who frequently appears on Sammy's vlog, I agree with you. Oh, damn. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to get some trouble now. Nah, I'm I'm a heel by nature. It's fine. <laughs> I bring this on myself. Well, as you know, Ethan, uh, and, and I do some video editing and not nearly as much as I should, but I've been learning as an old man. See, old men can learn just like Sting. You can really get into the woods in this stuff, you know, deep into the weeds. and uh, Just oh, yeah. all of a sudden a day's gone by and what have you done? Yeah. So for me, it's the music. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all about creating the environment with the music, the mood with the music, the tone with the music. And I think it really helps in making things easy to digest and making people not feel like it's a chore to watch what you're putting out. Very good. So for music, do you use license free stuff or do you have a composer that you work with? I pay for like a monthly subscription to copyright free music. And I try and find things that you can kind of hear on the radio or that at least match the tone of what I'm trying to like present. Yeah. Those, there are millions of copyright free tunes out there. Millions. Oh yeah. Some really good stuff too. Yeah, you're right. Some really good stuff. Okay. You got your wrestling start in Canada. Who inspired you to get into wrestling? You obviously were a fan, but talk about the inspiration and getting into wrestling. So, my like biggest inspirations as far as wrestlers, The Rock, Macho Man Randy Savage, mm-hmm. Razor Ramon, 
and Billy Gunn. So those were all the guys that I kind of tried to mold my career around and that I would look to for, you know, inspiration or sure to steal their moves. <laughs> Has Billy Gunn ever come up to you and just been like, hey, we got to talk? <laughs> no, I probably crap myself because he's like seven foot two. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's six foot. Four, but he's also like 57 and one of the most terrifying men I've ever seen. Yeah, he hasn't aged at all. So. No, he's he's a, like a miracle of a man. I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. he's a di- I tell people he's the size of a dinosaur. Yeah. He's almost the age of one, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh! oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I should not have laughed at that. This is being recorded. <laughs> I'll laugh at it. He knows he's old. Yeah, we have so we have so much fun with him. We really do. Uh, so you trained with Rip Impact and Ernie Moore, but you've said in the past that it's really Michael Elgin who helped you the most. And I know that you teamed with him for a bit. You've held championships with him. When did you first meet him? So I went to the, whatever, the school that you named the two trainers at, they, they ran the school, but I really only trained there for like two months maybe. And then all, all ego kind of started in real life first. I thought I was better than everyone that was already there two months in. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I'm, I am done pro wrestling training already. And uh, Michael Elgin was traveling to IWA Mid-South run by Ian Rodden uh, in Chicago area. So he needed gas money. I wanted to go be in locker rooms with now the best wrestlers in the world. At the time, that's where they were kind of cutting their teeth. And now they're all the television stars of today. So, yeah, that's kind of how I broke into independent wrestling and started really meeting some of the the best wrestlers was just traveling with Michael Elgin. And he, to his credit, gave me a lot of advice on how to put matches together and stand out. Uh, your wrestling debut came uh, at Julian Logan in 06 at Pure Wrestling Association. How'd you come up with your uh, gimmick name? So originally I thought of keeping Julian because it's my real name as the first name and Logan just because I'm a big Wolverine fan. Got it. Also Canadian. So like, you know, there was like a little tie in there. Also, it's my backyard wrestling name too. So I just stuck that. Ethan Page was your backyard wrestling name or Julian Logan? No, no. Julian Logan was. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so why the switch away? This is the most ridiculous story of all time. So there was a storyline where I hit my head very hard and I woke up as a boy band member and Ethan Page sounded like the most generic boy band name ever. And then from that, because that angle went nowhere because it was drawing seven people in a warehouse. So then we ended up using Ethan Page and I added the motion picture because someone told me, you know, your wrestling character is just you in real life and the volume turned up. And at the time I was doing extra work for movies. So I was like, I'll be a movie star. So the motion picture, Ethan Page was my wrestling character for a few years. And then I kind of just stuck with Ethan Page from there. The being a movie star and full of yourself, all of this suddenly like makes sense. Why men of the year is working so well. Yeah. You got 14, 15 years of fine tuning uh, being a sociopath, <laughs> you eventually get good at it. <laughs> That's all of wrestling, though, arguably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here to argue with that. So I want to I wanna touch on, before we move to our Twitter Q&A, if you're watching the YouTube version, you've definitely seen the massive background of toys behind Ethan here. You're, you're clearly a toy collector. How did you fall into that? Oh, man. It was like a snowball going down a hill kind of you start one thing all of a sudden you're into this and then oh wait i didn't know they had this and oh when i was a kid i had this and 
I wish I had this when I was a kid, but now I can afford it. That's essentially how it started. And then it just exploded into what it is now. Uh, Ethan, uh, what was the very first toy in, in your collection? Can you remember back? I There's definitely not because I, I've always been into toys for my entire life. But I would say what really started my actual collecting was my wife got me a statue of Venom. And I never really thought to get into collecting any pieces like that, mostly because of the price tag and how hard they are to find. So having my wife be the one to be like, well, you know, there's also this whole part of your comic book fandom. And then that ever since then, like they just opened the doors to this crazy room. We're talking with all ego Ethan Page here on AEW Unrestricted coming up fan questions. Welcome back, AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here with Ethan Page talking a little bit about his background in wrestling, tag team wrestling, all the fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff, we've got a lot of questions from people on Twitter. Very excited to uh, learn more about you. First up, Nails in New York on Twitter. If you could collab with a fast food place for the all-ego meal, which restaurant would you like to collab with and what would that meal consist of? Oh, man. (laughs) This is so hard because I am obsessed with fast food and cheat meals. I love Taco Bell. I love Wendy's. I love, you know, I would, I think I would say I would have my meal be with Arby's Mm. because I feel like they don't get enough credit for how good their food is. And I think there's like a misconception of Arby's that needs to change. (laughs) They, they like to brag about having the meat. And I'm a beefy boy. I'm a beefy wrestler. So I feel like I would have some sort of beef sandwich. Maybe we put some of their deep fried cheese sticks in the sandwich as well. Wow. There you go. There's the all ego burger or however you want to name it. But I, I feel like me and Arby's would be a match made in heaven. One of my new favorite meals is a burger, mozzarella sticks, avocado. So there's already a burger with mozzarella sticks. Now we just got to do the roast beef sandwich. With mozzarella sticks and the Arby sauce and some melted cheese on top, and you give yourself a nice little bun, you're good to go. Mm, delicious. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, curly fries too, because they're the best in the game. Yeah. But yeah. Leave the avocado off of it because we do not need Play Doh on a sandwich. I'm leaving this podcast. I hate you now, Tony. <laughs> okay. Avocado is magical, it is the greatest fruit in the world. Right. I mean, guacamole is good, but I'm not just like a piece of avocado guy. Oh my god, I'm I'm disowning both of you. This is terrible. I went into a a, a restaurant for a, and this was I think in Alabama, a very nice restaurant, and the waitress came up, and I was in one of those moods, and I said, "Do you have avocado toast?" She said, "Yes, we do." I said, "Okay, take that and throw it in the trash, and bring me some bacon and eggs." <laughs> <laughs> I hope she still charged you for it. I was going to say, there's this awesome restaurant in uh, Jacksonville called the uh, uh, whatever. It's like, they've got a great avocado toast, but no, I'm not going to tell you that. Man, I've, I had so much respect for you, Tony. Uh, hey, is there, uh, this is from Louisville Dad Mask and Vaxxed on Twitter. Ego Ethan Page, has there ever been any confusion due to the same last name as Hangman Adam Page? Yeah, there was a couple times on the independence where we would get tagged in each other's tweets. Like if he had a big show, I'd end up getting tagged and how great my match was, even though it was his. And then if I had a big show, 
he'd get tagged in people complaining about how bad his matches were, but it was actually me performing. So yeah, sometimes we would get confused for each other, but not visibly, no. You know, sometimes I catch myself saying your last name, Paige, and I think it's important as announcers, we say your entire name, and we say his entire name too. So fans don't get mixed up about who we're talking about. Obviously, we should be talking about who's in, who's on the TV screen right now, but right. we, we do need to say the entire name, so I get that. Well, I appreciate when you guys do that. Thank you. I want, I think my new dream match is Brian Cage and Christian Cage versus Ethan Page and Hangman Page in a cage. With Diamond Dallas Page as the ref. Yes. Oh, I'd be down for that. Yeah. No, get the popcorn. Oh, sorry. Oh, I did not realize. I'm sorry. Did you want to ref it? No, I, I don't follow the naming scheme, so I can't. Yeah, you're not a part of the rhyme. No, we we need Nick Gage in there though. That for that to like really, oh man, let's just book the show. <laughs> or Nicholas Cage because there's always TNT movies playing with him on them. Mm-hmm. Boom, we got it. And I would say since debuting, I've become a national treasure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's almost as bad as the avocado hate on this podcast. No, <laughs> we can't do any better than than that, uh, Ethan. Let's end this podcast right now. We're done. This has been AEW Unrestricted. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Uh, McDonald's Sprite fan, if you didn't go forward with the all-ego gimmick, what would have you fallen back on? Oh, man. I don't know. I would love to just kind of just be my goofy self as, like, a good guy. I I feel like I'm so comfortable with what I do now that it, it would feel weird to do anything else. But I feel like the easiest thing would just to be myself. It's the most natural, at, at least. I, I feel like the wrestlers that connect the most with the audience are the ones that are the most authentic. And they're not, like, forcing anything. So, yeah, I think I would just like to be me, if that makes sense. It makes plenty of sense. It really does. Okay, so Javier Pe on Twitter. Uh, who has been your favorite opponent to work with so far in AEW? And who are you looking forward to working with in the future? So you guys might call BS on this. But every time I see my name written next to Fuego del Sol. <laughs> oh, no. Fuego's the best. <laughs> I literally know I'm going to have it like a great day at work. And to me, this is a job. So if I know it's not going to be a stressful mental day or physical day, I'm very happy. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Anybody in the future? Oh, I would love to wrestle Christian. Oh. Christian Cage. There's so many reasons why. One, he's one of the active wrestlers from Canada that is like a living legend that I feel if I had any time in the ring with him, I would learn uh, so much. And he has given me advice already just from catching a couple of things that I've done that have stuck with me and helped me with my game. So I feel like sharing a ring with him would be on another level of learning experience. And I'm in this for the long haul. So anything I can pick up that'll help me have a lengthy career like him, I would, I would love it. There you go. All right, we got a question from Squeezebox Woman. Between BTE, Sammy's vlog, and your vlog, who is the real ratings war winner? Oh, man, I don't know. I am definitely not getting as many or even close to the amount of views those guys are. I saw a lot of people commenting on their ratings war, calling me the ECW of vlogs, which made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, you've got the the Monday Night Wars going on with those two. And then you've got, you know, the, the more real, the more raw, the more underground version of the blog. 
which is me just exposing the business uh, every every Wednesday at noon. But yeah, I mean, all the power to them. Those guys are all killing it right now. So my hope is to eventually catch up and obviously surpass. But I'm on a different path and I, I'm definitely presenting something completely different. I feel like you saying you're the underground and you're the ECW, describing it the way you did, but also earlier saying you're the best edited vlog. Yeah, it doesn't mean that has the same amount of viewership, though. That's true. That's true. I'm just saying yeah. there's there's a juxtaposition there, and I don't know. I don't know if it works. You got, your vlog has an identity crisis. No, it does not. It knows exactly. <laughs> it knows exactly what it is, and I refuse to change it. Uh, it's going to take a little longer for uh, the viewership to grow, but I think with the exposure of AEW and the awesome fans that we have, people will eventually find it. And you never know. I could win in the long run. And that's the goal. Liam Wakelin. That's Liam Wakelin on Twitter. Wants to know, how does the AEW locker room compare to any other locker rooms that you've been in? There is an undescribable amount of pride when it comes to making everything good. And there's a lot of talents that I have good relationships with that will tell me if something sucked, which I think I need. And I am more than happy to talk to my buddies about the same thing. Everyone wants this place to do very, very well. And for the most part, everyone is very, very supportive, which is great. because It takes a team effort. I, I love the locker here. And it didn't take long for me to get comfortable because there was so many people that I had shared locker rooms with over the last 14, 15 years. So it felt natural. It feels good to be in there, in that locker room. Women's locker room Hell is yeah. exactly the same. It's just, it's a nice like team environment. Yeah. Dita Martinez, I know you mentioned you have a you have a three year old daughter. You got another baby on the way. Congratulations! Thank you. What do you do if your kids want to wrestle? Oh man, I don't know. My my kid already requests to watch wrestling. So mm. every Monday we're watching Elevation. Uh, my kid loves doing my corny finger taunt, and it's like to me, it's adorable, but it gives me stress. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> listen, I would hope and love that if that's what my daughter wants to do, that I have enough of a position in professional wrestling that she can kind of skip the BS that I had to deal with traveling for $20 for an eight hour drive to wrestle for two minutes for year after year after year. Obviously I would want my child to pay dues and respect the job and position, but there is some very sketchy things that I had to deal with to get to where I am. And I mm. never want that to be the path that, any of my kids take. Also, this sucks for your body. So be a doctor or something. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Be a brain surgeon. That's what my mom yeah. wanted me to be. I was like, sorry, yeah. I disappointed you. <laughs> yeah. Like I never want to tell my kid what to do. Yeah. Stay away from the pounding. I mean, I've seen, you know, being around for quite a while, I've seen guys who started wrestling back when I started and, you know, the trouble that their bodies are going through right now. And I can only imagine with all the spots and all the flying and all the things that we do now, whew, body's going to take a pounding later on. Yep. I personally had to change my entire style of wrestling because of injuries and mm. uh, just your, my body changing over the years and what it's willing to take and do. So the flexibility of it or lack thereof. So, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I really do. Jags fan in Canada wants to know, being Canadian, which NHL team do you cheer for? Hopefully it's not the Maple Leafs, he says. I might be the worst Canadian of all time then because I couldn't give a crap about sports. <laughs> uh, In general, not just hockey. 
I applaud you. I applaud you, sir. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I applaud you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big Seattle Kraken fan, and we don't even have a real team yet. So, you know, screw you, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I, I think this is a good question to go out on because I absolutely agree with this, and I want to know. So, Father Trevino on Twitter, you're always smiling, which 100% of the time, even when you're an asshole, when you're backstage, like all in every situation I interact with you in, you're always smiling. How do you stay so positive? I made my dreams come true. I don't know. Like you, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. There's so many, there's so much good to focus on. And why stress over things you can't control? This is the job I wanted ever since I was a kid. I literally work with everyone I've ever looked up to or idolized. And they treat me like an equal and offer the best advice and only want to see me succeed and do good. It's impossible not to smile in all scenarios while performing, while backstage, while vlogging, while working with legends of wrestling. I don't know. It's it's not hard to have a smile on my face. I'm sorry not everyone can experience that because I wish everyone could. I agree with all of that, man. Uh, the old cliche was and the old adage I've always heard is you can't control anything around you, but you can control your attitude. Yeah. And you've done a great job on that. So thanks, Tony. It's great to have you here. And great to have you with us on our on our podcast, Ethan. Thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate you guys having me. I've been looking forward to this. And my wife is a big listener, so she's super pumped to listen back to this. All right. Yeah, you had messaged me like months ago saying that your wife loves listening to podcasts. I'm like, oh, we're hiring this guy. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I knew in that moment, I was like, if your wife's listening to the product, <laughs> you're definitely in this. That Which made me happy. Oh, yeah. We... Uh... The whole family is on the uh, AEW team. So, yeah, it takes a village, as they say. So my village is in full support of Ethan Page and AEW. That's awesome. Thank you, Ethan. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Official Ego. Check out the vlog every Wednesday noon on your official YouTube channel. Don't forget we have Elevation on Mondays, Dark on Tuesdays. We have Dynamite on Wednesdays on TNT when it's not the NBA playoffs. 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central, and pretty soon we're going to have on Fridays, as you know, Rampage as well, and pretty soon we're going to be back touring as well. So uh, check out the video of this podcast on our YouTube channel. Uh, search AW Unrestricted, and don't forget to tune in, as we said, on TNT every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, 7 Central. Ethan, thanks a lot, buddy. It's always good talking to you. No problem. I appreciate this guy's lot. My name is Tony Schiavone. My name is Aubrey Edwards. Thanks for listening to Unrestricted. Yeah. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pumping, make them bounce now. Floss it like they bossing.